and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast, episode number 205, said with confidence and aplomb. Um, it's really lovely and warm and sunny here, and too hot in my little room, but that's okay, because I have some fantastic cool company this evening. Uh, joining me from the also sunny and lovely and warm island of Anglesey, it's the wonderful Claire Marie Bailey. Claire, welcome back. Oh, evening from, it is, it's a very lovely evening here. Lovely and warm. Glad to hear it. And joining me from a dark, musty shed in Coventry, <laughs> it's the fabulous John Whitmore. Good evening. It's very musty. It's very... <laughs> then that's just you, I'd right, open a John? window, but... <laughs> Uh, no Rachel this evening, sadly. She has had a busy day. She's been off on adventures, um, hunting down and enlarging the day, so she's absolutely pooped. So no Rach, but that's all right. We will mosey on long. And of course, a continued absence of aid, but I think we're going to get him back soon. <laughs> I, I think he's. I think he's podcasting. Please aid. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, he's going to listen to what's been going on, and he's going to be like, "Oh, I have to step in." <laughs> <Something>. <laughs> This cannot continue. Um, but until then, uh, the team supreme that we have here. Um, guys, let's start with you, Claire. What have you been up to this week, apart from recovering um, from the Cheap Shot Challenge? <laughs> yeah, recovering from the... Um, I've, I've been out taking some photographs. I managed to get out. Um, I had, had some ideas in my head um, around... I'd been watching David Lynch films again, so I had some ideas around that. Um, then I've been actually thinking um, of my cheap shot challenge, trying to just put my mind out there uh, and think. I've been getting some props together for myself, some some new outfits, looking ahead with some ideas. Um, and also I've been um, watching quite a lot, been binge watching a bit on Netflix, um, Mindhunter. <laughs> Don't know if anyone's watched that. Um, yeah, um, and um, different bits and pieces because, um, you know, you get your ideas and your kind of inspiration from everywhere. So, yeah, I've been busy and it's, it feels like, only feels like about um, a day <laughs> since, since we last met. So, yeah, it's gone very quick. Okay. And enjoying the lovely weather. <laughs> you said you've been out taking some pictures. What what stuff you've been shooting this week? Um, both again, Polaroid and um, thirty five mil, um, just quite locally. Um, I found a, a really nice outbuilding um, for for one of my characters, but that was great. But it was really hot because I had quite a big, heavy, um, heavy outfit on myself, um, which is uh, actually it's quite a nice costume. Um, it was something I think I, I mentioned before that I'd sourced some stuff from Thailand, um, and this is kind of like a cabaret, a big cabaret <laughs> red gown. Mm -hmm. And even and when it arrived, even I wasn't expecting it to be so so big and um red well yeah red yeah I, I love the red but in the picture I thought it wasn't going to be as, as huge and as flamboyant as it was um and maybe that doesn't come out in in the in the images but it, uh, from what you see in the flesh so but I had that on and it's it's really not necessarily heavy but hot so I would literally worked up a up a sweat <laughs> this week when you, yeah. when you say you sourced it from Thailand yeah <laughs> what does that mean oh right because if I'm kind of when I get some ideas into my head or I think oh, the characters, I'll start thinking about, okay, what outfits do I want? What props do I want? And um, 
I, I, I just was Googling at certain things. Um, I was doing a shoot and I had kind of like more magic. I had an idea um, for sort of headdresses and I knew I kind of had in my, I didn't know where to get them from. And I, it was one of those things that I thought when I see it, I know that's what I want. And I, I found um, somewhere on basically that's based in Thailand and they, that's what they do. They make all these kind of showgirl stuff and cabaret stuff. Oh, wow. And some of the stuff is really, um, well, it's just, it's incredible. It looks like, some of it looks like stuff like Lady Gaga would wear. It, it's just very kind of diverse. And so I've had a few things from there. So I had like, I've got this like moon headdress. I've got this big red um, cape that I'm talking about gown. I've got this massive um, witch's hat which um, again, when it arrived, it's it's huge. Um, it took six weeks to get here, and but it but it's fantastic. And I was going to take that out um, on, on Sunday. So the next weather, I've, I'm getting ideas for that because it's it's like crystally. So that would really uh, we need some sun to really sort of like get cook the best of head. that. Yeah, cook my head. Yeah, that'll be <laughs> focus all that light straight in on your yeah. skull. <laughs> yeah. Have you got like? Like you know, most people have like, a place where they keep all their cameras. Have you got an extra wardrobe to keep all your outfits? Yeah, as well? I've got like um, a garage that it's not it's not usable <laughs> a for a car. So I've got like all suitcases of like all my costumes and stuff. So I've I've got I think in fact I think when I first spoke um, on, on this show I think I said I had six suitcases I think I've gone to about eight now <laughs> they just keep growing you're just like accumulating I know I know I pulled so when pulled... lockdown's over we're having a party at yours yeah yeah definitely that's it <laughs> Fancy <dress> party. <laughs> yeah that's it um you could just sort of go in and what was that what was that cartoon um um and that literally happened he would go in oh, Mr Ben Mr, Mr. Ben. ben yeah Mr. Ben. <laughs> Mr. people ben. of a certain age <laughs> I would like us <laughs> Uh, I'm fascinated Claire because you you, when you're talking about this you refer to these you know you've got these characters Um, Mm. do you uh, uh, in your head do you have like a a selection of characters that you adopt and and within these as beyond just like the appearance them are are you ascribing are they more developed characters in your head so that you you know do they have personalities do they like how do you approach all of that um I think it is a bit of that yeah um because it might be um sometimes I'll I'll get an idea like I said a lot from cinema films music a piece of music white flash through my head and I'll just get a vision and an idea and and I'll just I don't know I'll just get the character will come into my head and then I'm I'll imagine myself into them if that makes sense Mm um so sometimes they do have a story do they uh, have or names? sometimes a feeling oh no not necessarily no oh, not necessarily can they names. have names <laughs> good you yeah, they could them. have names they <laughs> could have names yeah um i have named some of my pictures with um with, with names but um yeah um that'll be a challenge maybe that can be part of my cheap shot challenge because i've been thinking of what i can do for the <laughs> the grocery theme yeah um yeah i want to see Agnes and the Magic Courgette, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> See, that's an, I like that name, Agnes. Might need workshopping. Um, yeah. John, uh, I mean, Big and Red, these are two things that you're a big fan of already. Yeah, like, as soon as said Big Red Dress, I was like, where can I get one? <laughs> what's, what's this website? Uh, what have you been up to this week? Uh, oh, nothing as 
great as that. I've just been tidying up. Cleaning um, <laughs> up blueberry juice from the floor of your yard. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, I, I found another one today, actually. <laughs> uh, I, I te- the way I work is I just go, like, I just, it just, it's like a tornado. Everything just becomes a complete and a mess to the point where I can't actually do anything anymore. So I'm at that stage now where I'm just like, right, I need to sort everything out and then I'm able to just start creating as soon as I, I walk into the space. Um, because at the moment it's impossible. So yeah, that's that's kind of all I've been doing. I've been thinking about cheap shot challenge as well, mm. um, and I think I've roped my uh, my niece into helping me. Nice. She's uh, oh, excellent. <laughs> she's looking to do um, like a prop design. Like she's a year away from going to university, and she's looking at doing like a prop design and a theatre mm. design a set design course. Um, so I was like, right, I've got a little project for you to help me with. And uh, yeah, we had a chat about it today and she's she seems excited whether she finds the time to be able to actually do anything, we'll see. But uh, yeah. Well, that sounds wanna, great. Do you want to give us any hints or are we going to keep this under wraps for the time being? Uh, well, I can tell you what it's not going to be. We were going to do paper mache heads <laughs> of fruit and vegetables. Massive <laughs> 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 heads. <laughs> You know that episode of Friends where like Monica's got like a big turkey on her head for some reason. I know the episode of Mr. Bean where he has a turkey on his head. <laughs> I think it's probably quite similar. Just imagine a massive turkey on someone's head. Mm-hmm. I just imagine like a massive uh, paper mache pepper as someone's mm-hmm. head with eyes on and stuff, and and then having a few of them and setting up scenes and kind of copying you, Claire, and going down the route of like like a movie almost yeah um, you know, like do like a storyboard of, yeah. uh, of characters talking to each other but we decided making massive paper mache heads is possibly a little time consuming for her at the moment um so we're going to try and do something similar but a bit easier to actually make mm. okay. oh that sounds exciting yeah, yeah that does sound good that does sound good obviously all socially distanced Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah obviously yeah <laughs> very much so um for my part uh i've done nothing this week other than wanting to get out i've been every day i've had my um carbon adventurer uh incidentally one of the best um name suggestions i've had so far from that uh was um from the oh god you know what dave's surname has just instantly gone out of my head um Dave Walker, I'm pretty sure that's sorry, Dave. Dave Walker, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dave Walker, who we met at the um meetup, didn't we? Back in yeah. February. The wonderful Dave Walker. Um he suggests I call it Juan because it's number one. So I'm thinking <laughs> I'm thinking Juan Carbonara. He might be the name of my carbon adventurer. Anyway, that's been in the van. I've been taking it to work every day. Um with the hope of finding time to take some pictures, but I just don't because I get to work and I work and then I have to come home, um, which has been frustrating. And I haven't even had time yet because of getting the last podcast edited um, and then recording and backing paper uh, and so on. So I haven't had time to even develop the pictures, um, which I need to. Um, I think I'm going to try... Like snapshot, Graham. That would be a lot easier just to take out and use, wouldn't it? Uh, not really, because you still need time <laughs> also... I, I said to you before, we talked about the snapshot, possibly off air, but I like the snapshot. I'm winding you up. Yeah, I know. I like the snapshot. I did have to give it back, but it, I, um, it, I need a more fiddly camera. <laughs> Snapshot's too straightforward for me. I need more ways to cock things up. Um, and, um, yeah, I think when, when I come to do my developing, 
I'm actually going to tray develop the sheets because because mm-hmm. um, it's orthochromatic. I can do it under a red light, and I'm not sure how long it needs. <laughs> and because it's super expired, there's not even an ISO rating on the film box. Um, I think it was around 400. I think, but um, mm-hmm. I I exposed it at 100 ISO. But I think I'm going to tray develop it so I can at least visually inspect and go okay that looks about done um to make it a bit easier so did you say you've actually developed some of it before i'm sure i have but i can't remember (laughs) i'm sure i have i'm sure i I, yeah i don't know but i'm sure yes i have but i don't know what i did with it i can't find any evidence of me having done Mm. anything with it actually i'm gonna bring up whilst we're talking i'll bring up my lightroom catalog and see if i actually did it obviously wasn't very good, otherwise I might have shared it. Um, but anyway, um, so yeah, I've done nothing uh, this week with that. So um, I'll I'll come to that later. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, I think it says a lot about how excited I am to see the pictures that I took last week that I've not <laughs> found the time to do it. But, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, that's been about my week. Nothing exciting. Not even tidying up my dark shed, which is a real pigsty. Um, so you're one ahead of me there, John. <laughs> Although my dark shed doesn't have blueberries all over the floor, so I guess <laughs> we win some, lose some. Um, mm. Have you um, have you got a dark room space, Claire? Uh, no, I don't. I, I would have to use. I was going to a dark room. Um, when I learned to use the dark room, I was going. Uh, it's about two hours away. Um, mm. And then there's another space um, in Colwyn Bay, which is about 45 minute drive for me. Mm-hmm. I've got I've got stuff. I've got enlargers and everything here. And just the other night, actually, I was thinking of um, just use you know like um, iron in, in my bathroom, basically. <laughs> um, but I haven't got a designated. I'd love my designated um, own dark room. Did you it's... use the garage where your clothes are stored? Yeah, well, I thought I, I was going to do that, but um, and I've got I have got some enlargers, although they're, they're covered up there. But it's quite um, water gets in, so I didn't think it was a, as a good idea. Hang on, <laughs> some yeah. enlargers. Um, some the... enlargers. How yeah, many I... enlargers <laughs> do you have, Claire? Uh, um, have I got? Is it two or three people? Some people have given me a couple. Um, so I think maybe one won't work. So I think I've got two, um, and I've got equipment. And I was looking. It's funny. The other day I was looking for um, um, uh, s- s- well, so my, my my developers and stuff. But I was looking for my inks as well. I don't know if any of you have ever done any um, hand coloring. You know, of your prints. No, no, I haven't. Nothing you've ever got into. But, it looks yeah. fiddly. <laughs> so I am it's... very much out. <laughs> it looks like it requires skill. It requires skill. I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think I find it actually, well, I haven't done it for a while, um, thera- therapeutic, but I had some ideas and I thought oh, I want to get my inks out mm-hmm. and, and do some hand colouring. So um, but I can find them. As neither John nor I have done this, can you explain when you say hand colouring with inks? I mean, it sounds yeah. fairly straightforward, but what's actually involved with hand colouring and negative? What are you physically doing? Okay, so once you've got your print, I, I, I was, and you'd need to get like luster paper as well. So because if you try and do it with gloss, it's gonna, it's gonna puddle. It's not gonna work. So if you've got like a luster print, um, and a black and white, you, I don't know. You, you can literally, it's a bit like you know the uh, 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 
what they did in the olden days and you can you could color the whole thing if you wanted um you get inks um you can mix them um use um my brain's gone dead what do you call them um oh i can't think what you call paintbrushes <laughs> No, you use a paintbrush. Yeah, no, it's something else to get that to get a little amount of the ink because they can be quite strong. Oh, pipette. And then you can mix, and then um, yeah, that's it. Thank you. And then mix, and then um, yeah, and then and then just um, gently colour and leave them dry. Um, I mean, I don't necessarily colour the whole thing. Some people do, but I like sometimes if I've got black and white, I like to maybe put in. Um, I, I did stuff stuff with trees and forests where I would colour um some sort of reddy orangey maybe sky just poking through or um i know rachel was talking the other day about you know dodging and burning i used to, i like to um i used to like to um burn in maybe little suns or something and then just color them round and i don't know you can just keep going until it, it feels like something something you've got and, and you can obviously you can enhance the colors or if you've printed out, if you've got a colour less to print, you could really kind of enhance the enhance the colours um, so they can make them more vivid. Mm. Um, but I, I don't know. I like I do like hand colouring, and I don't know if you've seen um, the photographer's work, Ellen Rogers. Do you know her work? It's Ellen not ringing any bells, no. Ellen Rogers. Her, her, um, I like her work. It's quite gothic. Um, so she, I think she's got her own darkroom. I think she's had her own. I'm sure I read that she'd had her own darkroom since she's about 14. Um, but she, it's all darkroom based, and she does a lot of hand coloring, um, and it's just magical. Um, you'd have to see it. So yeah, maybe Google Ellen Rogers and, and have a look of look at her work. Um, I think that's a really um, really great example for me anyway of um beautiful hand colored hand colored work that i would aspire to, <laughs> to, so, that's, to do that's, yeah. the way you describe that you make it sound like a good thing like immediately in my head i imagine those you know those pictures that you see of london where it's it's digital photos and it's like selective color where you've got oh, one yeah. red telephone yeah. box and everything else is black and white and that's what i immediately think of when oh, right, coloring yeah. the print which is just it's such a like it's a tacky thing to do isn't it um, um, oh right that's what you were thinking i suppose everyone yeah. would have their different style but um have a look at, at next time we speak see what you think of, of alan's i think her work's beautiful and and you know she, she, i think she really um colors her work lovely um it can be subtle and it just i think it just adds a different um i don't know dimension and a, and a different um well it brings the work alive yeah um, and her work her work is very mysterious as well it's quite gothic and mysterious and but she's very talented i think she's a very talented photographer and she's clearly very talented with her um hand coloring as well yeah um, I, I'm, I'm looking at some of her stuff now and obviously when you're hand coloring you have full control over yes. what color you want things to be yeah. so a lot of her stuff is um very monochromatic you know there's like sort of so she's just adding just say a pink pink wash right. to large chunks of it and yeah, stuff like that yeah. um yeah it's super effective um so is this something that you're doing on can you do it on any i mean i said you can't do it on luster paper on gloss paper rubber can you do it on um just inkjet prints or does it have to be a darkroom print or i've only ever done it on darkroom prints mm -hmm. um so um 
I don't know. Yeah, I imagine you could um, if the paper, as long as the, it'd be the right paper to to get it to seep in and, and, and to, to seek into the paper. Um, but it was something that I really enjoyed doing and I felt like um, I haven't done it for a while and then I had this idea in my head and I thought it's worth um, revisiting, I think. Mm. Um, that can be another challenge, <laughs> hand colouring. So is this... Is this a self-taught technique? Did you go in? Because I've, yeah, I've never done any of it, and I think you're the first person I've spoken to that I'm aware of that does any of it. How did you? I mean, obviously you saw it or were inspired to try it. Did um, you do a course? Yeah, What's I, the deal? Um, no, I didn't do a course. I think, um, like a lot of us, you know, you, you, you learn from other people's work, and, and Ellen was one. I, I really loved her work. And I read about her and she, she was hand colouring. And when I was in the darkroom, I think we were talking about hand colouring. There's a couple of people that did a bit. Um, and I just I just got some inks and, and I and I just just got on with it. And so mm. I found, you know, luster paper. Or sometimes I'd, <coughs> excuse me, I'd bleach, bleach a print and, and, and then and then do some hand colouring as well. But like you said, like you said earlier, it's just an, another another tool um, that if you've got a, a, an idea and it suits it, it can, it can, it can work. Yeah. It's, um, it's amazing. I'm, 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 I'm very glad you've introduced me to this photographer's work because her pictures are um, fantastic. They are lovely, aren't they? I yeah. think less is more as well. I do think less is more. Um, and that's the thing. If you are going to hand color, actually, yeah. Um, less really is more. It's like anything can, and build up on it, you know, put a bit on and then build up rather than, putting too much ink and then you can't you know it's it's there just yeah le- i think less less is more yeah um, um i don't know about you john but when i heard the idea of using inks to hand color i, I was like oh this sounds difficult and complicated <laughs> and i mean how hard is it to do compared to say for example trying to do a painting or something like that <laughs> um i don't know how to answer that I don't know. I think how hard is it? Um, I would consider myself someone that isn't a great painter, <laughs> but I, I enjoy painting on a canvas. If I, I have done some, but I wouldn't say I was a great painter. But um, I, I don't know how hard it is. Um, I suppose I always learn by doing, and I always say to some people, maybe my my hand coloured prints would be an absolute mess, um, and, and to another person that they'd be okay. I wouldn't say it was hard at all I think you have to feel for me I feel my way into everything so um if you look at your prints and you might start to think okay I, I think it may be a bit of yellow and orange there and then a bit of mix and then and just build it like that I don't think it's hard um maybe a bit of time I, you wouldn't rush it um so if you had say like a nice Sunday morning and a bit of time or, or you, you got up really early and you had a couple of hours, it would be a really nice thing to do. I think for me as well, I found that, um, again, apart from the letter paper, I felt like it was a technique that for me worked very well, again, with um, if you'd done double exposures. I just, mm-hmm. for some reason, I felt like a bit of a bit of hand colouring um, with double exposure prints for me um worked very well but less is more yeah right i'm putting that on the list of things to try out <laughs> with a million other things i think you just have to yeah i think you just have to sort of give it a go and and see how you get on and because everyone will have their own like i say style won't they some people would color the whole print some people would um be a bit more subtle but 
this, this is a planet's aligning moment for me because the last couple <laughs> of weeks we've been lo- watching lots of bob ross in the evenings to relax oh. and uh so now i'm a master painter obviously because I've, I've watched bob ross paint and he says it's really easy oh well there you so, go apply that yeah. to <laughs> who's bob ross sorry <laughs> it's, it was a, like, it's an american painter that kind of got um internet celebrity status a few years ago and it's, this guy's got massive hair and he just stands and for the, like an episode which i think is like it might be 45 minutes an hour he just paints a picture different picture every day mm. and it's just it's so relaxing to watch he's got such a <laughs> lovely voice and he'll like the little phrases he uses is like right we can have a bit of fun now and <laughs> like he'll mix just and his idea of fun is mixing two different colors together and kind of like, <laughs> scraping it onto the canvas and you're like yeah that was actually quite good fun so, uh, <laughs> oh boy uh this lockdown needs to end <laughs> somebody needs to set you on free <laughs> um you can get a bob ross toaster apparently which puts bob ross's face <laughs> on your toast <laughs> Well, that's on the Christmas list. <laughs> yes, yeah, not to get you now. Um, no, that's really awesome, and I'm yeah fascinated to hear about that. Um, I don't know where. Yeah, I, I I love seeing the results. I really do. Um, but uh, yeah, I it's one of those things where I can imagine I would really struggle with it. John, have you? Um, do you do any touching up of your prints? Like, have you got into that sort of thing using brushes and ink for just touching up and um, spot? Um, dust removal and stuff yeah, like that yeah i've done a bit of um retouching mm. to um like just get rid of but like so hairs mm. hairs on the negative during uh enlargement exposure are fairly easy because you can just fill those in but if you've had a hair on the say on sheet film when it's exposed that ends up being black on the print mm-hmm which I've never really had any success getting rid of those because, like, so on a fibre print, you can kind of scrape the surface off. Yeah. Or you can, you can bleach it as well. But both of those methods, I've never got a result where I've been happy with it. It's just been really obvious. Mm. Um, so well, kind of, for a while, it actually really put me off shooting large formats because I was I was getting loads of hairs on my, on <laughs> my negatives. Um, so, yeah, I just... But the, like the other way around, yes, like I've, I've filled in kind of white areas. I've got these, those little tetanol pens, um, so it's not even a brush. I've just got a soft nib to them. And you like, so, like you're saying, the same with um, if you're painting it, you just kind of do it very slowly. You start with the lightest and you just leave it, let it dry, then layer on top rather than going full in, which is like, yeah, I'm going to use the darkest colour. It's just like, no, just layer it carefully. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's the extent that I've done that. Yeah. Um, as far as re- reducing the amount of hairs on stuff, um, I think one tip I would give you, John, is to stop using your cat as a film squeegee. I think that's what's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's absorbent, but, you know. It's not even my cat. <laughs> well, yes. cat to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's another good reason why you really ought to stop doing that. Um, <laughs> we thought uh, that... And this follows on quite nicely from talking on about Alan Rogers and... Um, was it Mind Hunter? Mind Jacker? Yeah, Mind, Mind Jack, Hunter. Hunt, really good if you've not seen it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not good at watching TV unless it's Doctor Who. It turns out I'm real good at watching <laughs> Doctor Who <laughs> over and over again. Um, I want to talk a bit this week about inspiration 
um, with you guys because you are very different in the way that you approach and shoot and um, and what you shoot as well. Um, but you're both people who are creating work consistently and for you know either commercial or for galleries and stuff like that so they can have different opinions on this thing and different viewpoints um so yeah i wanted to talk about the things that inspire you have inspired you um and not just like what your inspirations have been but also what you've actively drawn from them and how you've used that because i think it's quite easy to sort of see things and go oh i really love that that's inspiring but it's how you then take something actionable from it how you actually take look at somebody's work i mean like you did with ellen rogers you look and went oh i love this i love how this looks i'm going to have a go at doing this i mean that's a, a perfect example um yeah john your stuff is you shoot you shoot a lot of different kinds of stuff some commercial some very much for yourself who or what are some of the things that have inspired you in your photographic journey I, I I really struggle with these sort of questions because I I don't I don't kind of analyze what I do I probably should but I think most of the time my inspiration starts from a process mm-hmm. so like I I'll get in, intrigued by a, um, a process whether that's I don't know like it, it could just be a film like a particular mm. film that's been developed in a certain way that creates an aesthetic or it could be um i don't know like a photographic process or a darkroom process that i've seen i'm just like oh that's interesting i'll give that a go and then from that i then i think i probably then start to utilize it as a tool you know so if i'm mm. then taking photos of something else i think oh well actually that process would work well for that subject or for that idea um I, I must be influenced by photographs and photographers that i see mm. but i don't i don't know if i consciously put that into my work um, okay. can you give us an example of like a process where you've gone through this process of, oh you've seen somebody doing something and you've followed it through and where it's gone Oh man! <laughs> I mean, you said it, sunshine. <laughs> not me. Memory does not. Um, right. Let's think of one. Uh, oh, I, so a few weeks ago, I it was when I started doing my YouTube um, streams and stuff. I saw. I don't know if you've seen. Um, oh, I can't remember his name. Danny and Dan on Twitter. They started doing a quarantine zine, and the front cover of it had that kind of classic zine look look with like um it's like a torn paper with the text in the middle of it um on top of a, a black and white image which is then photocopied for the zine i saw that and i thought well how how can i make that in the dark room how can i create that through only analog processes and that that would serve as the inspiration to then go down the route of like creating masks out of torn bits of card creating um I was like hand drawing the text to write the text, which I then uh, burnt onto the the paper as well. So that I ended up with this dark green print that looks like the cover of a magazine, you know, mm-hmm. or like so I think somebody said that it could be like uh, an album cover. That's sort of like it's got a graphic design element to it as well. Um, so that's something I, I guess that I've done recently that's that inspired me. And it was and that was just a post that I saw on Twitter, you know, that somebody else had produced. Um, 
but I can't think of anything big off the top of my head. I'm sure it like completely interweaves into everything that I, I actually create but over time. It's hard, isn't it, John, sometimes to um, put into words um, what we like. We just sometimes we just intuit. Um, um, we see something we like and we, we kind of make it our own and we can get our inspiration. I don't know, sometimes from our films or our music and we know it's moved as we know we like it, but sometimes it's hard to put it into oh, yeah. words, I, I think. Yeah, I um, completely agree. And like, I'm, I do kind of try and analyse my work and what I do, because I think it is quite important, otherwise you get a bit stagnant. Yeah. And I, like, I do think that things that do inspire me and I really enjoy, like, because mm-hmm. I watch a fair amount of like TV and film and I love yeah. listening to music in the dark room, but I'm beginning to see that actually those things don't translate into my work. Okay. So that's like, and it's it's a big part of me. Those things, the things that mm. I like, make me who I am. Mm. But I don't actually see them reflected in my work. So I'm like, I'm starting to question why that is, and maybe how do I start to put those into the things that I create? Because I really want to. You know, I think it's mm. as a source of inspiration. It's like I want to drive those things into the things that I'm making. So how do I do that? So yeah. I want to try and start picking elements out of the things that I enjoy. And somehow yeah. feeding that in, then into the things that I create. But that's, although, that's hard, isn't it? <laughs> it is hard. Although maybe you, you might be doing some of it, though, unconsciously, you know, mm-hmm. um, without um, without realising. But, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's tricky. I, do, I think, like, particularly when you think about, like, films and TV, I'm sure, mm-hmm. like, um, compositional elements um, and maybe lighting elements of things that I watch feed through into yeah. sort of photos that I take subconsciously because I see an aesthetic I like within that or the way an image has been captured mm. and there's no way you wouldn't like be replicating it without thinking about it I don't think um, no de- I mean no definitely and for me, I mean, uh, film is a big influence. I love I love watching films and and and, and cinema, um, and I will I've I've got now that when I'm watching a film or, or even like Mindhunter or whatever on Netflix, <laughs> I I, I uh, I'm I'm really I can find, see myself paying attention to all the all the costumes, all the colours, how everything may be. Oh look, who's done this set design? This is matching that, and uh, and like you say, the lighting, the if they're doing a lot of close-ups and um yeah. and that will I, I will definitely I know for me I will take that and um sometimes very consciously think oh I, I, you know I'm going to do I want to do a load of close-ups or something because I've been really inspired and I'm just thinking off the top of my head um I love uh in fact um last week's um episode was called groceries point blank i love the film point blank um john borman i think it's apart from the the story and the, uh, it's a great film but i think it's so stylish i love the way it's been shot i love the everything the costumes the set design uh, the use of lighting and so i feel like there's some films and i think i said the other week like um Dario Argento is another one, his use of lighting. I like to watch films sometimes just for those elements um, to see what other things can inspire me. And um, so, that, so that's definitely an influence of me. And I'm thinking another one is Night of the Hunter, you know, that the black and white film. I, I, I can't um, watch black and white films. I, I love black and white photography, but I actually I can't watch black and white films. <laughs> they annoy me so much. 
I, I love that. I love that film anyway. With uh, what's his name, Robert Robert Mitchum um, as, as as the villain. What was the the director? Is it Charles Lawton? But that is absolutely for me anyway. It's it's beautifully shot, hmm. um, and it's it, there's elements of it. It's quite dreamy, and there's this beautiful. If if you if you if you know the film or if you don't know the film, um, when the children are like going down this river and in a boat and then there's like underwater shots where all the like reeds, and, uh, reeds I should say, are moving. And it's it's just like, oh, yeah, I, I like I like that effect. I like what that's transmitting to me, if you like. Mm. Uh, um, and I suppose that's... So, so, what you do, so those sort of things that you're inspired by, mm. do you then try and kind of maybe replicate them or think... Like I'm going to take an element of that and put it into something I'm doing at the moment. Like deliberate. Like do you just like go out fairly soon after experiencing that? Um, from, from I can get I can get fired up and and think straight away. Oh yeah, you know that's really that's really um, that has literally inspired me. Or um, and I and I I suddenly get an idea and my head will flood with ideas. And then um, what you were saying earlier about storyboarding that's how I will mostly do it I'll start sketching out my ideas and letting my head I spend a bit of time just allowing myself to get the ideas in and then I'll sort of sketch out the idea then I'll start thinking about okay what what outfits do I need how many big more red gowns do I need <laughs> <laughs> that's the most important yeah <laughs> and do it do it that way and I think some of it is conscious and I think some of it maybe is a bit of everything um you've absorbed all this stuff that um, has moved you and you go out and you sometimes, uh, and then you, you you work towards, I do anyway, something that you've got, you know, that idea, that vision that you've got in your head and, and you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't and sometimes it goes a way that you didn't think but you might be st- still happy with it. Um, um, yeah. Um, first... What do you mean you can't watch your black and white films, John? I'm sorry. Can you explain <laughs> yeah. what the hell you're talking about? I, I find them like I really struggle watching black and white moving image. It just I don't know. so you have no idea just... how the Wizard of Oz starts or indeed finishes. Oh, I've never that yeah, that's that's a different that's a different case. That is <laughs> like just general old films like mm. black and white films i just i can't get into it they just feel so dated to me whereas i black and white photography for some reason doesn't feel like that isn't that interesting gosh yeah i'm interested because i mean i not that i avoid it but i just i mean like i said i don't watch a great deal of anything and um although i've watched old films because i'm not prejudiced like john is um <laughs> it's not a thing i actively seek out which is why when you say oh you know this film or you know that film and i'm like no of course i don't <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about, Claire. But, um, but I was watching the first six minutes, so quite a lot of a film, which I feel very confident you will have seen, uh, and I haven't seen other than the first six minutes. Um, Blow up by oh yeah, Antonioni. yeah, Antonioni. Antonioni, yeah, I like Blow up yeah. um, because um, a good friend of the show, Jeff Greenstein, was <laughs> giving me a very hard time because his username. It was on Instagram blue four three nine, and I said, having done some very, <laughs> very slapdash research, that he'd picked that name because he'd, it was some obscure Star Wars nerd reference, and apparently <laughs> it's not. It's like the first lines in this film. Anyway, 
the thing that I noticed is it even, in black and white. No, it's not. It's in color. No. So you and it's about oh, a right, photographer I'm, as well. Um, yeah. So right, I'll watch that then. Yeah, starts <laughs> off with some photography going on. But the thing that was kind of immediately apparent, and and I kind of know it is from other films as well of, of older films, is that the pacing is very different. Um, the old films are slower, and mm-hmm. so. Um, you can like the shots that are set up you're looking at them for far longer so it's not that cut 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 thing do you think that's part of the reason why you're tending to go back to them more for inspiration than some of the more modern films which are so you know they can look beautiful look amazing i mean you know there are stunning looking films but the pace of them is so much faster that you can't kind of live in the scenes quite so much that's a really interesting question um it's not something I've consciously thought, but I think it could be. Yeah, I think there is something about you can live in the. It definitely live in the scenes. Um, so no, I think yeah, I think I think there's something um, in that, Graham. Um, and blow up, as you've said there. Um, for me, I mean, it's another '60s uh, aesthetic film <laughs> that hits all the right things for me, and uh, it's a it's a bit of a. Well, I won't spoil spoil the plot in case uh, John's not seen it. Maybe he can watch, watch it. it. In. <laughs> it's in colour. He'll watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, can, actually, you know, whilst we're on this subject, then Claire, can you maybe give John and I like what would be three good homework movies for just visual yeah. inspiration? Ones that you've seen which oh, have really inspired you, gosh, or just or just that you've. That you've thought these are really, you know, maybe they will watch them and think, well, this this is not for me, but that have striking visual styles that you think deserve yeah. to be seen. I think that Point Blank, um, that film I said, um, if you've not seen that, John Borman. So I'm guessing that's th- not the one with Dan Aykroyd and. Um... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it Dan? No, no, no. Um, not Dan um, I'm trying to think. What's the what's the the the, the, the John actress? Cusack. No, it's um, I'm thinking of gross, gross point gross blank, point blank <laughs> which is really um, great. Can no, we watch point blank? Gross... It's about it's about I don't know if they're talking about. It's, it's probably about is it 1967 or something no. like that? Oh, no, that's not um, what I've seen. Them. Uh, um, Angie Dickinson oh. is the, the 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 female lead, and I can't think of the 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 the, the, the gentleman. Is it James Coburn? Um, anyway, so it's I think it's 1967. Point blank. John Borman's the director. I think that. For me, anyway, is is um, ev- I love everything about that film. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's one. Okay. Um, is it another black and white I... or color? No, it's color. Okay, it's well, you're right. No, excuse me. Uh, you're you're right. Um, I love another film. I think I mentioned it the other week. Is the um, Dario Argento? Um, again, it's 1977 because there was a remake. I think last year. It's called Suspiria, mm-hmm. and. I, I mean, again, I, I think it's a great film, but if you watch it from um, for how it's filmed and 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 it's the use of lighting, um, I just think it's um, it's hypnotizing. Yeah, so that's it's a horror film. I don't yeah. Know horror film. Oh, oh, Jesus, stop being such a wimp, <laughs> yeah. John. Jeez, um, Louise. What else? What else? Well, there's so many, and now I'm put on put on the spot. Um, I'd watch. Um, I'd I'd try and try and test yourself and watch that black and white um, night of night of the hunter. Again, I think that's that's beautifully filmed. Um, 
There's so many. Um, I mean, I love um, a lot of the spaghetti westerns, the Sergio Leone films, because I love how he, he his use of, of close-ups. Mm. Um, well, it gives us something loads. to start with. We'll, we'll have to come yeah, back to this, Claire. Yeah, I so love all the David Lynch films, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those will do for this week. So Point Blank, Suspiria <laughs> and Night of the Hunter. Well, we've all got our homework now. We'll see how we get on with that. I'm hoping these are going to be easy to find, but that's good. It's good. And John... I don't want to hear any any weaseling out of these things. You will watch a black and white film, and you will watch a horror film. You big coward! <laughs> I watch the horror film at like seven a.m. in the morning. That's so fine. That's fine. And I'm... I've got the whole day for it to get out my system before going yeah. to bed. <laughs> oh, and another favorite. Can I just get one more in? Go another, on. I've got so many, but it's just come in. Um, Sebraski points. Um, Antonioni again, the guy. Yeah, Antonioni. It's a, it's it's a great film, and I think it's beautifully shot as well. Cool. That sounds good. That's some good recommendations to try out. Um, so, the... oh, and Columbo. <laughs> and... Honestly, I've got to tell you this. I love Columbo. I'm I'm a big Columbo fan. I really love. I do. I love Columbo. And I, I love the fact that your one it. more thing was Columbo. Yeah. How apt. I, I just. I've got to. I've got to um, fly the flag for Columbo. I, I think Columbo is brilliant, but it's it's um again it's set heaven. If you watch Columbo, the set, everything about how it's filmed, how it's shot. Um, the, the, you know that the attention to detail with all the colours and, and and the costumes and the sets. It's Columbo should be in there as well. Season one. <laughs> Season one of Columbo. <laughs> Do you have one? I think more I've probably to... watched that at some point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So There's one you... about a photographer as well on that one, one of the episodes. So you, you say you're paying attention to lighting and set dressing and set mm. design and stuff, especially with things like lighting. Um, how are you implementing these things when you're taking them back to your oh. home shooting and stuff like that? How do you approach that? with great difficulty because i mean it, it when i began i mean my love of film goes back a long way and i think you just start asking yourself what is it more and more what i'm enjoy what, what i like about this film and it's usually uh, you know i suppose film music we all might have different styles different tastes but i suppose we like them maybe because they they move us or they, you know, they transmit some emotions or they make us think. And I just realised that, you know, I really love um, sort of warm lighting, the mood, it's the mood, isn't it? It's, it's the mood they can create. David Lynch is brilliant at lighting. Um, uh, all his films and the whole Twin Peaks series is another thing to watch from a, just for the cinematic a- angle. Don't, don't um, worry, I've watched but how that. How do I take it? Um, Lighting is one of those things that I feel like is an ongoing, <laughs> an ongoing learning curve for me because um, I'm so my comfort zone is so much outdoors in bright sun, so that when I see the um, work that I I I, I think oh, I love that um, and it's moody and it's in indoors it's been just a big learning curve, um, trying to use uh, you know trying to use available light and then trying to read read about it really read about lighting um and and just go from there but i feel like i'm nowhere 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 near where i i'd like to be yeah. i'd love a big like, studio when, where i could rig things big things up and <laughs> well, this is it. like when like especially a lot of those old films when they were yeah. made they were lit using huge like halogen lights weren't they like probably on big sound stages where like you just can't recreate that light 
just mm. say with the sun by yourself outdoors it's it's a set you know, yeah. with, with an enormous amount of, uh, maybe Colombo might be an exception to that because I can't imagine the budget was huge on Colombo um, but the, the films I could imagine mm. had a fair amount of lighting going on and, like, and modern day films are the same as well yeah, but it's no. like on an individual basis you can't look to recreate those mm. look, those images um, but yeah I get, I, it's very difficult to take I, I find it very difficult to act, kind of extract that inspiration and put it into my own work. Now, I think part of it, like maybe your work's slightly different because you're creating these scenes yourself, you're mm. creating the characters and the story. A lot of the stuff I take photos of, I'm kind of documenting what's there yeah. in, in life as it is, so I'm not setting things up. And it's actually a route I'd really like to start going down I started doing a bit of flash photography and setting up some still life and stuff like that and it's like actually when you start thinking about having full control over what's in the frame and you're creating that story yeah. it's a completely different ball game you know and it's I, I like the idea of pulling inspiration from other sources to yeah. create that that scene no that's good sorry no, no. So I was going to say, I'm just, I mean, getting back to more basic fundamental stuff, John. Because I know you said you know, you <laughs> you could go from process first, but you're pick, you know, you're a skilled photographer. You're clearly you're making a professional career out of it. Um, trying, trying. Well, <laughs> trying, as, as, as trying, anybody is in your field. Um, where, like, like, almost literally first principles. Where did you get an understanding of what makes a good photo. I, I was. I read um, uh, some of Dan Rubin's blogs um, a couple of weeks ago before I spoke to him, and I know he was saying on there um, that one of the things he advises people to do who are looking for inspiration and looking to improve, to you know, look at the old masters of painting, look at the way they use light and composition and stuff. Um, where did you build up your understanding of how to put an image together? Oh, well, firstly, I don't, I don't think I'm particularly great at it. I think a lot of the, where I am now in the process has is, is, is come from a lot of trial and error. You know, I used to do a lot of digital photography and made some terrible mistakes, but only by kind of looking at that and then I guess comparing it to other people's work and analysing how other people have created their images then you start to think, well, how how do I change my photography to kind of reproduce that and then feed it back in? Um, but I think it's an ongoing process. You know, there are always situations that you haven't encountered before where hopefully with more experience, you, you can adapt and, and get something from them um, a lot quicker but, or, or achieve something else. So, who been? Are there any people whose work you look at, living or dead? Um, oh, don't, don't ask me that question. I've got a terrible mm. memory. I can't remember. I mean, like that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there must be something like you know, even if it's cliched stuff. You know, oh yeah, I, you know, I look hold at, on. I tell you what, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna have to. I've got a couple of photo books. I can't remember the name of the photographers, but if I access the book, I can tell you. Okay, you go. You in, go in the process. It. In the process of me tidying up, I've actually ended up hiding it away. Uh, so one photographer that uh, the book is called. No, that's not it. Noddy <laughs> <laughs> goes fishing. 
Winnie the Pooh goes to sleep. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh put, put to sleep. <laughs> Love that book. Here we go. Right. Um, so this was a book on. So this is like um, like behind the scenes photography, um, and it's photographers. Is this the book? Oh no, this isn't the book. <laughs> this this one is pretty good actually though. So this is Masters of Starlight photogra- photographers in Hollywood uh, with David Fay and Linda Rich, mm-hmm. and there's just some. It's like old school films and get like from like 1920s and mm. 1935. And it's all kind of behind the scenes stuff. But it's like they're really, I don't know, they're just, they're just really inspirational. You know, and, and it's so, very well composed and yeah, just I was say, action what, what going on behind the scenes. When you say it's very inspirational, when you look at those pictures, like look yeah. at one of those pictures now. And tell me, whilst it's in front of you, what you're drawing from it going, yes, that that element, you know, is something that I think is really working in this picture or whatever it is, whatever it may be. What is inspiring uh, you uh, in this picture that you're looking right, okay, at? Right, OK, I've opened the book. It's a picture of Gene Kelly in 1945. And he's sat on a stool, uh, hands on hips. And he just he looks like he's kind of in a lighthearted strop. <laughs> right and <laughs> just a bit moody a bit but like not unhappy but it's it's that moment like the lights on him it's composed where you can see elements of the set um he sat on a table actually so it's like it's very casual but it's like i've, I've got no idea what the context is i don't know what was being filmed or anything like that but it's like it just kind of it says more about that as a person and what they're doing there, I think, than than, than a crap photo of, of that situation. <laughs> <laughs> Eloquently put. Because I, mean, I suppose the question I have is that... Um, Sorry, I'm terrible at, at describing these sort of things. No, you did a great job. Um, <laughs> um, is, like, do you think that photography... or person? I suppose, let me go approach from another angle i feel like if you spend enough time looking or if you try hard enough you can get inspiration from looking at almost anything that somebody's taken the time to create all right if it's if it's real trash then maybe not but i think even if it's just something that's perhaps just average photography whatever if you're scrolling through instagram i think you can draw inspiration or I can draw inspiration from almost anything because even if you don't necessarily love the picture, um, when I look at a picture on Instagram, I'm thinking, okay, what is it about this moment, this scene that made the photographer stop and take that picture? And it it gets you into a mindset of looking at the world or trying to look at the world from their point of view. And, Mm. you know, like I said, that works to varying degrees and, you know, they may have not succeeded. But if you can just try and look and go, okay, oh, I see that they stop because there's this this bit of light falling across here. And maybe the image, the rest of the image doesn't work, but I can see that bit of light there really worked. Or, oh, you know, this this angle here, working with this angle, that works really well. And um, and so I, I do feel like you can... I, I think sometimes it's very easy to be really dismissive of the huge volume of photography and yeah. other art that's out there. Um, it's really easy to brush it all aside. But actually, I think 
most of it has some value, some inspirational value, because like I said, unless you're dealing with somebody who is just pumping out any old chuff that they've fired away on with the camera, um, there's hopefully usually a reason why somebody has chosen at that second in time and place to fire the shutter. Um, I don't know, I maybe <laughs> I'm an over-optimistic person. Yeah. Like when I'm scrolling through Instagram, I, I really struggle with that because there's so many, like, I don't think people are really, generally speaking, when they're taking photos with their camera, they're not really thinking about those things. It's like, why do I specifically take it now? It's like, they're taking it because it's very easy to do. It's very easy to get an image. So there's kind of, there's not as much thought process there. Um, I mean, I'm speaking generally there. There's obviously a huge broad range of photography on instagram yeah um, no i i understand that but but even though it's easy there has to be you know like so setting aside selfies and you know pictures of friends and stuff setting aside that there has to be a reason why somebody's taken chosen to take a picture at any given moment they must have thought that there was something there that they wanted to capture um and like i said you can the merits of whether they achieved that successfully or not you can put that aside, but you can look at why they stopped. You know, it might be some tiny yeah. thing in the distance that they just completely failed. But I don't know. What do you think, Claire? I don't know. I think that's a tricky one because I think it's all it's all subjective. Because, um, for instance, um, one photographer I, I really love his work is um, Helmut Newton. I, I love his work. Now I know it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea, but I, I love the glamour of it. And when I look at that his work and I get inspired. I feel like I'm paying attention to his, he has some sometimes quite unusual um, compositions and camera angles. He, it's again, his, his use of his, his quite often, well, he's not, he doesn't shoot exclusively with black and white. You know, he did a lot of, he did colour as well, but a lot of his work is black and white and it's his use of blacks his costumes his outfits they're always that they're, they're, they're always females female mm. models um and his sets i suppose but maybe that's because maybe that's just naturally what i i, I don't know that 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 grabs me his um and how he juxtapositions things um so i i think i'm paying attention to that i suppose they're quite staged it's stage photography and and again um a, a recent exhibition i went to um, um, was uh, Tim Walker when I was in London in the V&A um, was it called Wonderful Things I don't know if either of you saw that and um, I went through that exhibition and I came out the other end completely like my mind was in overdrive and I felt really uh, inspired up and when I, if you try and think what, what what inspired me again, I think it was his use of you could see he'd made really unusual um, use of different um, different lenses. Like he'd done a whole series of shots, say with fisheye lens, which I think is quite difficult. Actually, I I, I think not. To, his, 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 the way he used it, I thought was very effective. And he's quite, a lot of his images were quite theatrical. And I just came out there thinking, wow, in fact, I came out, I got some, some lunch and then I paid and went back in because <laughs> <laughs> um, it, because it inspired me so much. Um, but um, yeah. And, and then other then and then at the other end of the, the spec uh, for me, I can, I can, I can like a photograph and I can think, I really like, you know, it's all I do, you know, we all like, I think we all stop and look at a photo, I suppose, that has moved us in some ways, something about that piece of work. 
has transmitted something to us, I suppose, uh, uh, some emotion that's made us stop and think, oh, that's affected me in whatever way. Um, and there's that one end of the spectrum for me. And I think another end is sometimes work that's quite um, more like a Tarkovsky film, which are quite long and lingering in, uh, uh, in the use of time. They're not fast, they're quite paced. So sometimes more um, quiet, images if that if that makes sense i suppose it's it's i suppose we're all different aren't we it's like um it's just like how i like a black and white film and and uh, <laughs> you struggle to watch one and and, and vice versa how, so how, will I, influence what we stop and look at I, I agree there are different like types of images that re, that kind of command almost a different time span to mm. appreciate the most how do you differentiate yourself regards kind of consuming those images because like these days like a lot of imagery is presented to you at a very fast pace on a computer screen yeah. or on the phone so the slow the slow burn imagery with a lot with more depth and more layers to them i like i don't feel like i'm noticing as much because it's the, the more kind of brash obvious eye-catching stuff yeah. that ultimately commands my attention for those few seconds that i'm looking at the screen yeah um which is a real shame obviously it's like it'd be nice to have like that broad spectrum there but so how do you how do you consume um imagery that inspires you like photos that inspire you um different ways i suppose some i have i have um come across in i feel like like you say instagram's a funny place isn't it um it can inspire and it can overload you as well um, mm -hmm. because there's so much there but that said I have I don't know how I've come across them maybe it's maybe use of hashtags or certain words I've put in I have discovered um, you know people's work that I thought oh look at this work it, it's it's lovely um, I mean one person that comes to mind is is, is a gentleman um, called I don't know if I'm going to pronounce his surname right said it before Henry Prestes or it could be Prestes so I do apologize if he, if he ever happens to listen um, his work's really beautiful and that's very cinematic I couldn't tell you how I came across it but when I did my goodness I I, I, I stopped and I, I I went through so much of his feed really looking mm -hmm. at his work um, but I like you know I'm there's a bit of an old-fashionedness to me because I quite like books I like physical books so for instance yeah. I was saying Helmut Newton I like buying um Photo, photographic books I like going into bookshops and looking at the the, the, the different sections and you know uh, and 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 so I like I like physical books as well as, as I, well I, yeah I agree I think a photo a photo book or a, a mag, even a magazine with a few images magazines I love magazines yeah definitely it's a, it's a great way to consume it isn't it because it, it means that your attention isn't drawn elsewhere by like the device that you're on at the time or whatever it's like i'm lo yeah. i'm looking at this thing right now and that's the only thing i'm doing is concentrating on that yeah that image and this this, art, this photographer or this artist and yeah it's i do like in a home environment i think that's that's probably one of the best ways to do it because like if i go to a photographer's website well i, I I can't say I, I do go to a photographer's website and look through their portfolios because it's like that that would probably be the second best way of doing it isn't it yeah, best way yeah. to consume mm. somebody's work and I think you do learn by looking I think that it all goes in and 
um, like you say, you become more aware, like, oh, I'm, I'm really liking the use of the light or, or you know, the or shadow, I really like shadow, whatever you like. Um, mm -hmm. I think you definitely uh, learn by looking at other uh, people's work. And, and also, like we were saying, if we rewound, rewound back a bit to the earlier conversation, I think, John, you were saying it is about... Um, it's you know trial and error and I, I, I know that I'm apart from looking at books I'm more of a learn by doing and like you say mm -hmm. get, getting it massively wrong so that you completely underexpose your shot so you have an idea in your head and you go and shoot and you come back and think well all my shots are completely underexposed I'm really disappointed and nothing's <laughs> come out and then learning why has that happened um and, and learning like that isn't it and then keep like I say you keep yeah. working don't you until you start to get something and I suppose it's a combination of um reading up about stuff as well see this Sorry, is I'm, no, this is why I think there is value though in looking because yes you like looking at the work of um people like Helmut Newton and his pictures are amazing and you can spend a lot of time you look at them and you're hit oh instantly that's great well amazing image but then you can actually spend time digesting the image and seeing and assimilating all the elements of it that have been very carefully thought out and chosen yeah. from the set dressing to the lighting to the angles everything about it and you can and you make a real meal of it um but getting back to what you were saying about learning by making mistakes and learning by going through it mm. i think that by looking at other people's photography who are not helmet newton or ellen rogers yeah. i think because uh, that's what i think if you can look at people's pictures and see okay i can see what they were trying to get and and i can see where they went wrong trying to get it then you can also learn from other people's mistakes or you know look at things mm -hmm. and go oh okay that shot would have been good if so if i ever find myself in a position like this i need to be mindful of this as well um you know i i find that i i get a lot of enjoyment looking at all the pictures that people send in for things like the cheap yeah. shop challenges and stuff and you know and like, like there's i mean a lot of um, it, it's pretty much all better than i'm ever going to take anyway it's like some of the stuff is truly amazing <laughs> but even the stuff that people go yeah this didn't really work but it's fantastic because if you look at things and, and actually just to begin with just try to appreciate them for what they were trying to be and then go okay like i i, I think it gives you um it gives you a head start i i hate I, I dislike it when people are just broadly dismissive of so much stuff because, um, <laughs> especially well, like with black film, and white movies, yeah, like yeah. black and white movies or just everything <laughs> on Instagram, John. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, you're a very dismissive person, aren't you? But I think, no, I, I think that's a really good point because I think that everything is so subjective and it's about appreciating that, you know. With your own work, it's like not everyone's going to like it. Some people are going to love it. Some people are going to loathe it. And and if you are looking at someone else's work and you think, oh, wow, you know, I love this person's work, you know, some of the people we've mentioned today, or maybe you look at someone else's work, it's about realising that maybe it doesn't, that doesn't move you, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean that it's not good work or it doesn't mean there's no value in that work. It just means that maybe it hasn't moved you or it's it's not your style but to someone else might you know we'll see something else in it is isn't it it's a it, everything's so oh, yeah, subjective so, sub so subjective yeah i completely agree so like for the black and white film scenario it's not that i think that they're rubbish <laughs> no one should ever watch mm, them and why like did they bother going through saying, that and grading that? <laughs> it's like it's just not for me it's just yeah yeah really, i personally yeah. struggle watching <laughs> and yeah. it just doesn't 
like I find it uncomfortable to watch almost. Yeah. But that's just yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but I, I think if you like, when you look at a photo, yeah, all right, there's whether you like it or not is very important. But I think also just stepping back and going, well, okay, what were they trying to achieve? Did they achieve mm. it? Like, what would they? What yeah. was the photographer or the movie maker, or whatever? Like, regardless of my personal feelings, did they achieve what they want to? Yeah. Um. And and if you can sort of if you can separate yourself like that, because I know there are some people out there who are incapable of doing that. They go, I don't like this, therefore it's rubbish. Um. Mm. There are <laughs> apparently there are some people out there like that. Um. And and I find that you know that's a, a very frustrating thing because even there's you know there's some stuff out there which I think is utter bilge but if it's well done bilge I will respect <laughs> it and and likewise there's there's stuff out there not just in photography um but in you know in um TV or movies or whatever that it is just terribly made but I like it even though it's not well made because I, I just happen to like that kind of content. So it kind of cuts both yeah. ways. Um, but yeah, I think you can learn a lot from both directions, but especially from even if it's not something you love, if it's well made and you can look at the elements of it that are well made and then take that into something that, to make something that you yeah. love with it. I think. Um, so, yeah, I agree with that. The, the problem comes for me is like there just aren't enough hours in the day, are there? It's like. No, it's like, it'd be great to go. Oh well, I I should watch more black and white movies, right? Because because <laughs> there are some there are <laughs> there are some great things in there that would inspire me, and I could learn yeah. from. And that that's totally true. But I I know it's an aesthetic that I don't like, so I just I rule it out straight away. That's because... bonkers to me. I'm sorry to interrupt, John, but that's bonkers. <laughs> that's like going, uh, yeah, I just don't read books. Like it's it's not like you're just writing off so many films, <laughs> all films before a certain day. Yeah, I just don't like the aesthetic. What? It wasn't an aesthetic choice. There was I, no choice. It's just black and white, John. This is nonsense, John. If I've got if I've got a, a, an amount of time to watch a film in a week right i'm going to choose something that i know i'm probably because there are lots of reasons i might be watching that film and a large part of it is i probably want to enjoy it and unwind and kind of get lost in it right a lot of, i like watching films because it's fantasy yeah. right if I'm immediately not able to tick those boxes because it's something that's going to stop me achieving those things, then I'm going to choose something else, aren't I? You're going to watch that. Thing? Yeah, yes, John. That is absolutely fundamentally a bad thing. You absolute horror. Right, you're watching Night of the Hunter. Uh, you're, you're watching. I'm going to come back next week going, oh my God, you've got to see this film. Um, yeah, uh, absolutely. And Columbo. And Columbo. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, in season one, a couple of, um, have a look at them, Google them. Um, Steven Spielberg directed a, a couple of them. There's some um, there's some well-known directors that um, cut their teeth on Columbo. So it's uh, it's worth 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 a watch. Listen, we're, we're all I probably Claire will watch oh. Columbo. All right, stop. <laughs> we'll watch Columbo. Crime on nearly. Um, I'll tell you what, John. You know, I mentioned earlier that uh, Tim Walker, the, the photographer the, the, that I saw in the V&A, The Wonderful Things, um, he does amazing, you know, for your niece, for your cheap shot challenges, he, he mm -hmm. does um, amazing sets as well. Yeah. So you might get some inspiration there. <laughs> yeah, I'll check it out. Well, that's a good, uh, hopefully an inspiring conversation about inspiration, or at least <laughs> a, a film that will inspire you to write in letters, um, really having a go at John. <laughs> <laughs> Do it, for being a terrible 
terrible person. Um, quick question to finish up on, because you said earlier, John, that you'd like to listen to music in the um, dark shed. So I'm intrigued. What's the sort of most recent music you've been listening to and enjoying in the dark shed? Uh, hold on, I'll bring up my Spotify list so I can it's tell you. It's very exactly telling, I think. Claire, it before John does, um, yeah. to be maximum of what do you guess? Give me a guess for what you think John's been listening to, completely uh, based on in no the, in information. The... Gosh, okay, I don't. Um, I really don't know. I really don't know. I've gone black. I've literally gone blank. Did you know? Okay, I'm not um, accepting that. Give us. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's he been listening to? I I I don't know. Go on, John. Is it five star or the five star or the Wurzels? Is my guess. <laughs> five star. Now that's on my uh, Saturday morning playlist. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've just had the National on. Um, oh yeah. Pulp. Tracy Chapman. Blur. Um, who else am I not reading out? <laughs> Fanny Gal, <laughs> Groove Armada, Uncle, oh. Morchiba, Nightmares on Wax, Massive Attack. So you've, you're trapped in the 90s. Okay, that's cool. John's trapped in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> Shoegaze horror. That's my church. Oh, what? There's actually, I'm um, talking of Mindhunter. Oh, what's yeah. the name of that track? Um, oh, it had the brilliant of... music in. Oh, yeah. it's super. The end of series one. Um, yeah. Oh, I think. Do you know? I I I think that you're referring to the song that I I thought. Oh, what's this song as well? Um, and I did look it up. Oh. Is it in, into the light or something like that? Yes. Oh, is, is it yeah. the who? Was it the who? No, no. Um, oh, oh God! I, I've got nothing. I've got nothing to Google around. Well, me, John, John will Google it because we cannot do this. Otherwise, I'm going to strangle a pair of you, um, Claire. Uh, well, we discussed. Get aid back. Get aid back. <laughs> yeah, get aid back. God, please, aid. This is help. Um, uh, Claire, um, I'm guessing other than just um, recordings of Sospanvach, um, <laughs> as we were talking about before we started. Um, what about you? What have you been listening to? Um, what have I been listening it's, to? It's Led, oh, just looked like I, it's um, well, Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin, no. Uh, there's an Australian band I like. Um, it's one of my favourite bands. They're called Hate Rock. Um, Hate, and it's um, H-T-R-K. Um, and they've, they've, they've had a, well, they've had a, I was going to say a new album, but it's uh, probably not so new. The end of last year, Venus and Leah, I've been listening to that a lot. Beach House is another band I like um, from Baltimore. I listen to them on rotation. Um, I like Boards of Canada as well. I always love listening to Boards of Canada because I feel like they put me into quite a, a dream space as well. Um, and I like I like so much music. Um, Saint Etienne, and I love um, like Nancy Sinatra. I like um, oh I don't know I could go on on and on. But um, yeah, Boards of Canada are great. Doc. Yeah, I love Boards of Canada. It's I always I've said this before. I think it's perfect. Um, well, for me, it's perfect dream dream music, and it's it's perfect. Um, this actually, this time of night, sort of, and storm yeah. music, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's really great. Yeah, good stuff. No, music's great. Music is. Uh, I think it can. Music can not just put you in a mood. I think music can change your mood as well. I know that certainly. Oh, definitely. With, with work. I mean, I don't listen to music very often at work because I'm mostly listening to podcasts or audiobooks in particular. Um, uh, lately, I've been listening to audiobooks just to really distract my mind. Um, although, to be honest, the book I started... 
<laughs> to distract my mind from the horrors of the world, I started listening to a 27-hour book on um, the Gulag, which I'm not sure wow. was a step in the right direction to get away from the horrors of the world. But, you know, <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, but I, I know I found in the past that if I'm feeling low energy, I can put on some music and that will literally bring my energy levels up it's quite um it's you can yeah music can be good and it can put you in a good inspirational place as well just get in the right place um, i've been enjoying oh, it it's, it's the first thing i do when i get in in the dark room is put music on because it just it gets me going yeah. and it kind of gets me like even even tidying up it just kind of it really just puts you in the right frame of mind of like i'm doing something now and it's like i don't know yeah well, do you listen to music in the dark room, Graham? Um, yeah, sometimes, sometimes I do. I've, I, since I've got the electricity in there, it's, it's definitely happened more often. Um, I tend to quite frequently um, when I'm in there. I'll, I will. I really like the fact that Spotify has the Discover Weekly, where it'll just throw random stuff at you that you've hopefully not heard before. I really like that. I love hearing music that I've not heard before yeah. and finding things from that. Um, I think most recently, an album that I've been listening to. Um, <laughs> because I have my in my little escape room I've got my record player and um, what I'll be tending to is play, I'll be sat playing video games and I'll have a record on the record player and I'll just keep reaching around and hitting the play 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 again button <laughs> so um, <laughs> and for my birthday I got um, uh, an album by St Vincent which I am thoroughly loving and have uh, listened to a, oh, a great yeah. deal so um, but yeah so I, again I like you guys I think have very eclectic taste um, not quite so trapped in the 90s as you are though <laughs> I'm not pining <laughs> that, for my that's youth that's one playlist uh-huh. yeah no sure <laughs> sure it was yeah sure the rest is all yeah. 80s and 70s stuff. Uh, like when I was younger I used to listen to single albums over and over again and that doesn't oh, seem to happen that's why you need a record yeah. player john because then yeah. you do do that yeah. and it's great i i, I think i've probably said in here before but I, I didn't have i grew up with records obviously my dad had a record player we listened to it. i never owned a record player or any records this is only in the last couple of years that i've got into it but i love it for exactly that reason i will put a record yeah. um and i can no go on claire Oh no! Sorry, I was going to say no. I I completely agree. I think vinyl a bit like um, a bit like shooting film, I suppose, because it's it's limited. I think it when you it, it makes you listen to the whole thing all the way through, and then you turn it over, and otherwise you'd be skipping songs, wouldn't you? And sometimes some of the the, the real slow burner songs can be, can end up being your favourite ones, which you might miss if you <laughs> if you you know. The, the, the thing is, like, you could do that on Spotify or whatever mm. you use, couldn't you? You could listen to one album over and over again. But I, I don't find myself doing that. Was where if you use like a medium like vinyl, you're forced to do it yeah. in some respects. Yeah. I... Yeah. I love vinyl. It's good. It's great. And um, yeah, so my, my approach tends to be, oh, I vaguely recognise. I mean, I don't buy a lot of albums because they cost money. But my approach does tend to be, oh, I'd, I'm sure I've heard this song by that person I like once. I'll buy it and let's yeah. see what it's like. And um, yeah, and it's, uh, it's a good way of introducing yourself to new stuff. It's all good. Um, have any of you actually in the lockdown in this period, have any of you been joining in Tim Burgess's Twitter parties? No. Twitter listening parties because they've been good. He, he doesn't. He does maybe one or two albums a, a, a night, and basically everyone presses play at the same time. And usually, um, I think they they uh, so say it was uh, um, I don't know common people pulp or something. Or, or, I don't know. Um, oh, I don't know. They've had. I think they had pulp on once. They've had. Um, uh, sure. Yeah, they get- 
and they, they will be the they will there, people from the band will be tweeting like the stories behind the songs and um what was going on for them when they made the the, the records and it can be a really lovely way of um, either revisiting something you haven't heard for a long time or like you say just discovering some something new they've been really good um, so I'd, I'd recommend um, joining in one there you go <laughs> well, it's nice to finish up on uh, <laughs> on our um, uh, vintage record uh, podcast <laughs> you've been listening to music <laughs> for the 90s <laughs> from uh, John and Claire um, no that's awesome that sounds like a lot of fun um, well we should probably wrap up guys we've been yapping on for long enough this evening I think and um, and it's very warm in here uh, also <laughs> I'm sat here slowly sweating myself to death um, have either of you guys got stuff going on at the moment you'd like to let people know about? Um, I've got an exhibition that's hanging to ghosts at the moment because uh, the lockdown happened. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, um, no, whereabouts the is the moment. exhibition, Claire? So people can go in. Oh, and it's in the. It's um it, it's actually um in the next county for me, Gwyneth. It's in a place called Gallery in Carnarvon. It's a beautiful um a beautiful creative um arts centre space, mm-hmm. um, um cinemas and everything. And it's it's hanging in there. It was it was on for six weeks, and I I I, I had my opening and got two two weeks in, and then the lockdown happened. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> so I might. Uh, I might end up the longest running one to, to the to the ghosts of the building. <laughs> well, anybody in England can go drive up to the border of Wales and look enviously in. Oh. <laughs> Are they putting the exhibition online in any in any form? Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think I've got some pictures up um on one on one of i think on my website or on it on instagram but i think that i mean it happened so quick didn't it lockdown that i think um i was just yeah yeah actually that reminds me i've got a print trapped in a in a gallery at the moment and they they sent an email out about a month ago saying yeah we'll be in touch about how you can collect it and haven't heard anything (laughs) (laughs) what about you john how's the the uh, dark shed live going uh yeah it's all right i'm i'm working on so I've got an LED um, projector, LCD projector, I should say, oh. um, that I've hooked up to my computer and I'm going to project it onto some large uh, photo paper and do some prints like that. Because uh, you, when you, you get, you can, you can see the pixels, if that makes mm-hmm. sense, because it's like yeah. the resolution of the projector is only like HD, isn't it? it? You actually get to see the pixels on the print. Um, so I'm, I've got an idea to do it to do with that at the moment that sounds so I'm going to work cool. on that this week so when is the next dark shed live then uh <laughs> it should have been today oh my god <laughs> you're the worst <laughs> literal worst <laughs> it should have been today um on when does this go out thursday yes on sunday this week we're doing another dark room chat with um, Dan over in Hong Kong mm-hmm. and hopefully Thomas in oh. Berlin. Um, and if anybody else would like to join in, just get in touch and uh, we can connect via Skype and we can we can all connect our dark rooms together and have a little chat while we're printing. Yeah. That sounds grand. So go to, yeah. uh, I guess it's The Dark Shed now on YouTube, right? Yes, you can search for The Dark Shed and you will find me straight away. Good. That sounds wonderful. 
<laughs> uh, well, thank you very much, guys, for joining me again this week. It's very much appreciated and uh, lovely to hear all your thoughts on stuff. Um, and lovely to set John and, and me some homework. I am definitely going to make a, an effort to watch <laughs> at least one of those films. I'm not sure I'm going to get through all three, but I'll make an effort to watch at least one of those films. Um, oh. and, and I'll work on the others, but they sound great. Um, and listeners, I think you should also very much take that as your own homework. Although, knowing the calibre of our listeners, I suspect that they've probably all already seen all the films because they tend to be a bit more highbrow than me and obviously more highbrow than John. I mean, <laughs> low bar to We should have a challenge where we, we choose, we all watch one film and then we create a photo that's inspired by that film. You know what? Oh, I, yeah. I was absolutely thinking that and the only reason I didn't say it is because we've already got this groceries thing going on. But I think it's oh, a yeah. thing for the future. <laughs> I definitely think we're going to yeah. do this. Yeah. But first of all, we need to teach you how to watch black and white films. So one step at a time. Uh, <laughs> Maybe I could colorize every frame of the black You'll, and white I, film. I want by next week. Well, the next time we speak, John, <laughs> you need to have watched the black and white film. We're going to have words, and they will not be polite words. <laughs> okay, I'm on it. All right. Um, well, I said that will do us for this week. Um, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. As always, we will play you out with Rachel's band Rocker, Promises I Should Have Kept, uh, which you can find on Amazon and Spotify and wherever quality music can be streamed. If you would like to write to us to talk about any of the issues we may have covered in this week's podcast, you can write <laughs> to us. I'm going to have to concentrate because Rachel's not here to autocorrect me at sunny16podcast at gmail.com nailed it um we would love to hear from you we always do and hopefully you're all out there busily working on your cheap shots challenge pictures which as we've said repeatedly is groceries um we want to see your pictures and we would love to hear some audio as well if you've got some especially if you've tried doing it in one hour like us idiots did which seemed like a good idea at the time we will be back uh, later in the week, probably with backing paper, if we get some emails or not. If we don't, uh, see how that goes. Um, but we'll definitely be back in with you guys soon. Until then, thank you very much for listening and goodbye. Bye. Good night. Good night.